0: You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Hi everyone, I am Martina Cunha and you're listening to Backstage Talk. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to this first episode of season four of Backstage Talk. Today's guest, and I don't know if you can hear it in my voice, but I'm quite nervous because I am really excited about today's guest. I have here with me Kristen Stokes, who is a New York-based actor and musician, previously known for her role as Annabeth Chase, a female icon for millennial centennial musical theater and young adult literature um because she performed this role in the national tour and the subsequent broadway run of the lightning thief the percy jackson musical kristen has a passion for new theater and original roles and i met her i had the fortunate chance of meeting her back in broadway con during 2022 and here she is, and I'm really excited about having her. So, hi, Kristen. Welcome hi. to Backstage Talk.
1: Thank you. Thanks for having me.
0: <laughs> so, what? Let, let Let's hear from you. Who is Kristen Stokes?
1: Oh my gosh, um, I'm I'm a triple Scorpio, and that's all you need to know. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I love it. I love it. I love it. So, besides that, what would be another fun fact about you?
1: Oh my gosh, um, a fun fact. I, I mean, it's fun for me. I don't know anybody <laughs> else, but like, uh I'm obsessed with bulldogs. If I see a bulldog on the street, I, I freeze and I just start going. I <laughs> They're really. I cannot get enough of bulldogs. There, whenever I see them, I'm like, ooh, today's gonna be a lucky day. Mm. I just I'm obsessed with bulldogs. So that's it's
0: the wrinkles. I love the wrinkles.
1: (laughs) It's just the tonky faces and like (laughs) they're just so wonderfully um ugly and cute at the same time. They're just They're
0: just the best. Love that. Absolutely love that. So let's go into the specifics of your craft as a a performer, as a musician, as an artist. So which would you say was your aha moment in which you said, I want to keep doing this for the rest of my life?
1: Mm. You know, I, um, I probably have had a few depending on where I was in my life and in my career, I feel like from a very early age, because I did theater starting at like eight years old, eight, nine, I did my very first musical. And it was with um, my mom, actually, she was the one that just was like, always listening to musicals in the car. So like, we knew all the words, the entire rap, like just of every show past and present, like, we we were just like musicals all the time in the car, and uh, she used to perform in high school and then in college. Um, and when I was like eight, nine, she was like, you know what, I want to do theater again because she was, you know, had me and then my younger sister and younger brother, and she was like, you know what, they're old enough for me to kind of get back into it, and so she was going to audition for the. Um, junior college production of Stud turkles and Steven Schwartz's working. Um, but it was like the adult theater. It was at the junior college, but it was like the adult theater company. Um, and there's a kid part in there. And so she was like, Actually, I'm really nervous. Kristen, would you want to come and audition? And I was like, Miss, like, I'm gonna be in the talent show, even though I'm in kindergarten and they don't allow kindergartens in the talent show. And anyways, so she was like, You should just come with me. And um, We both got in the show and I was just, I mean, I kind of credit that as my aha moment. It was the first time I did theater and it was so much fun. I just loved every aspect about it. I loved rehearsals. I loved learning about the set. I loved tech, even as like a nine-year-old. I was like, I'll just be in a dark theater all day. This is so wonderful. And I (laughs) loved being around all these adults, like as a nine-year-old, you're not around adults except like your parents basically. Yeah. And I was around these adults and they were like really fun. They were like kids. They were just like, t- like laughing and talking about random stuff. And it was kind of a uh, uh, aha, aha moment of, okay, adults are just like kids, but they're just like, look a little older. One and two oh, I could just keep doing this as an adult. That sounds like a lot of fun. Um, mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, I'll just do that. And I just kept doing theater because it was the best. And I um, I had, I think, another moment when I did my first professional production. Again, I was like uh, 14 and it was a production of Gypsy at this kind of very big equity theater house in the Bay area where I grew up, theater work, Silicon Valley. And I remember I would watch in the wings every night, the woman who played Rose do Rose's turn. And I was just like, this is amazing. It's electric. And it was so fun to like watch her make all these choices. And I don't know, I've just, I've always been obsessed. I just think it's a really wonderful way to understand people and to understand myself.
0: I absolutely love it. And which has been like the most recent one? Do you have it in at
1: the top of your mind? Oh man. <laughs> what has it been inspiring to me recently? Uh Uh Well, okay, I can think of an I maybe this isn't the most recent, but I um I saw Death Wefts production of Big River Mm -hmm. uh, when it was touring a number of years ago and that was like an amazing that was like being in the audience because that's the thing a lot of people they go to the theater and they're in the audience and they're like that's when their aha moment is and I've just have never I was just mostly on stage and so to be in the audience and have that moment. Now I'm just, I'm always going to theater and new productions all the time, just because I love it. But I was watching Big River and it was the Deaf West production. And which is, you know, people who are hearing and non-hearing and sign language, and it's all together. And if you know the show, the end of Act One closes with the big number, I'm Waiting for My Light to Shine. It's kind of this, like, uproarious, like, gospel, like, I am waiting for my light to shine. I am waiting for my light to shine. And it's just like, and like the music, and it's just like so awesome, and the lights, and everyone's like signing and singing. And then they all gathered to the center of the stage. And um, and throughout the production, pause, throughout the production, I we were like in the fifth row watching. And the first four rows were actually all dedicated to people who were hard of hearing or deaf, because every time a song would end, they would do, you know, the wiggle hands where you mm-hmm. clap. And so it was interesting to have them in front of us watching this production. And I was like, wow, this is like so cool. What are they experiencing? This is amazing. So cut back. So we're in act one, everyone's singing. They all are signing and singing. They gather to the center of the stage and then the music cuts out and the sound completely cuts out, but they're all still lip syncing and, Signing and suddenly it just hits you that you're like, oh, "This is the experience of the first four rows right now. This is what they're seeing, how they feel this music." And I was just like a mess. I was just like, "Oh my god!" It was the most powerful thing a production has ever done. It was so beautiful.
0: I love it, and I got goosebumps. Like I
1: still I got, got goosebumps. I- too. <laughs> Oh, you I, just really did a good job. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. That that is why we love theater that's for true. those specific moments in which you have goosebumps, head to toe. <laughs> yes, <that's laughs> exactly. I love it.
1: It's so, putting you in the action. You know, you're there. You're yeah. experiencing it. There's there's something happening in the room every night that will never happen again, yes. um, and it's just so beautiful.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So you started at a very young age. And was Broadway always like a, a must go on your journey? Because Broadway may not be the end of or, or like it, it may be the pinnacle of a lot of careers, mm-hmm. but you've been there before. Mm-hmm. Um but was Broadway always like um the, the the score or the thing you wanted to
1: do? It was. And I agree with what what you are saying, which is like you know it it isn't the end all be all. I think yeah. the the very basic story, and this was a story that I also grew up with, is like, well, if you want to be truly a successful theater performer, you do you've done you do Broadway, you've yep. been on Broadway, or you do Broadway, or that's it. And that was what I knew to be a successful you know, performer. Um, And so yeah, that was definitely my goal. I think also, it seems to me some people are very laser- with Broadway, it's Broadway or nothing. I'm going to the schools that are going to, you know, get me there the quickest and I want the agent and I need to do this and I better do yeah. this, 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 and this. And like, that. I'm not saying that's bad. Like more power to you. That's just not my vibe. As you can yeah. probably tell, I'm a little bit more like, well, we'll see what happens, which can be good or bad. And so, um, along my journey, I have kind of honed that and realized that, honestly, my favorite thing to do is just to make new theatrical pieces, you know, to do new plays and new musicals and, you know, everything in between. Um, and so that's what I really love to do. And it was an absolute dream come true that I could barely even say out loud was something that I wanted to happen. You know, I actually a a couple of new years before i got on broadway my my sister was in japan and she brought me back if you've seen they're like these like red little uh they're almost like um like like a russian doll but it's mm-hmm. japanese and they're red and they have like a uh, funny face and then but they don't have any eyes and so what you're supposed to do you you fill in an eyeball And you make a wish, and then when the wish comes true, you fill in the other eyeball. And so for New Year's, I had a bunch of them and I gave them out to the people I was with, and we all did them. And everyone just like filled in their eyeball like immediately. And I was like, (laughs) like, What? Don't you know? Like, let's go, let's go. (laughs) And I was like, I was like, But I don't know if I should wish for this thing because, like, then what if it doesn't happen? Like, I was so skirty to say out loud like yeah no do I want to be on Broadway no do I want to be a lead on Broadway and so I was like Kristen just like do it just freaking do it and so I put it out there and I was like all right my wish is to originate a leading role on Broadway I was like that would be it that's my end all be all that'd be great and so then when that happened with Lightning Thief all in one shot like (laughs) I was uh I was like that's really cool. I should wish for things more. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, if that's all it took then. I need to start getting I need to collect more of those dolls, first of all. Second of all, I need to start filling in some eyeballs. Let's do this.
0: <laughs> I love it. I love that story. So let's let's double click on your journey with the lightning thief because you were one of the few cast members that were part of this show, like from the early beginning yeah. all the way through Off Broadway, tour Broadway, um, cast changes, edits, new songs, new additions, everything. Yeah. So, how would you summarize that whole freaking journey and experience with The Lightning Thief?
1: It was an odyssey, <laughs> <laughs> I love that. It was an epic tale um it was amazing i mean it was honestly from start to finish it was the most fun i've ever had creating a piece every iteration every cast member every creative that lent its you know powers to the show it was just the best ride to be on and And like that, I mean, that's why I kept doing it. I was like, this is so fun. Of course I'm going to say yes. Thanks for inviting me back every time. Like, I want to be a part of this project. It was just the most fun. And, you know, starting off, like a lot of shows, a lot of new musicals, especially, will be like, oh, obviously we want this for Broadway. So, like, you do the pre-Broadway two-week workshop and then you do an Mm out-of-town trial and and it's been doing workshops for years and years before it gets to that point but they always know that they're aiming for broadway this was not aiming for broadway this was like aiming for what it accomplished which was the theaterworks usa one hour tour and we did a free off-broadway um uh run in the summer of 2014 for the you know the city of New York and which is a great program and tons of people and kids come see theater for free that's um that that have never seen theater before so that was their goal and we accomplished that and then a year or two later they were like actually we want to we we do want to make it into a full blown blown off Broadway two-hour production. And so then we were like, okay, what's this one about? And then we did it off Broadway and we did the cast recording and we got nominated for a drama desk. And we we're like, Whoa, that's incredible! What? What? And we had like fans lining upside the like outside the stage door, and we were like, What? People you know who we are? This is so crazy. Like, what? And and us being like, oh gosh, we hope they like it, but also we've been in our own vacuum of creating stuff, and then to have the bonus of all the fans being like, You're, "You did it! You guys really did it! You saved us from the movies! Thank you!" We were like, "What another like bonus surprise?" And then they were like, uh, "Actually, we're going to go on tour," and then they surprised us the last two weeks of tour, and they're like. Actually, um, a theater just opened up for 16 weeks only and we're just going to snatch it and we're going to do a limited run before Diana moves in. And we were like, that again was just another bonus cherry on top of the cherry on top of the cherry. Like it just kept coming. So um, it was a wild ride and every version, every iteration felt complete. That was the thing. It was like, oh it felt very satisfying and fun and we'd never wished for more and then it just kept coming. So that was really awesome to be on.
0: Ability to receive a quote depends on membership eligibility. Membership eligibility and product restrictions apply and are subject to change. USAA means United Services Automobile Association and its affiliates, San Antonio, Texas. Actually, for that 16-week Broadway run,
1: mm-hmm.
0: my aunt and my uncle um, bought tickets for New York. And I was like, I will not be able to see The Lightning Thief, but you will be seeing it for me. And I remember I bought them tickets, and I have videos of the whole cast um, at the stage door that night. And I remember I showed this to you when we met at Broadway Con, and that was so funny. for So for me, this is a full circle moment. Um, having you here on Backstage Talk. So I absolutely love it because I know that this show not only means a lot for me, but a lot for a a lot, a huge chunk of young people that were introduced to musical theater Mm -hmm. through this show since 2015 all the way to the Broadway run, right? That was before the pandemic, um, which it's amazing and I love it. What would be, in in your opinion, the most memorable thing or event situation from your experience with The Lightning
1: Thief? Oh, my gosh. In the entire six years? (laughs) Uh, It's so many. Check out my Lightning Thief tour stories and Broadway stories. Like Every story, I'm like, that's my favorite part. I think, um, okay, two... Um. There's oh gosh, there's so many. I think I'm gonna do a a combo platter. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Combo platter one. Um, I think the fans like from the first time we came out of the stage door off Broadway, and there were already people there night one in Camp Half Blood T-shirts, and before we even like realized how big of a deal it was, we were like, (laughs) what. you guys are in the camp hapless shirts. Like, like that was so like, I don't know why we're just like, Oh, really cool. And just the letters and the gifts and the, the, just all the fans just giving us so much love. And it was so meaningful to be able to share that experience with them. Like you said, a lot of people were seeing, live theater for the first time. And they were like, oh my gosh, I didn't know I could feel like this. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, they're seeing their favorite literary characters come to life in front of them. And it was so special. And I feel so honored to be present and to facilitate that experience for so many people. Um, it, I could tell it just meant everything and it was a gift to be able to um you know witness that and be a part of that um uh piggybacking off of that when we were on tour and we came back to New York and we had a few shows at the Beacon Theater here in New York I mean that's like a over 3,000 seat theater it was one of the biggest theaters we performed in and like so many rock stars have performed at that theater and we were like, Oh my gosh. And we are perform- like, we felt like rock stars. The crowd was electric. The, the stage door, like wrapped around the Avenue block, which is longer and uh, Avenue block. And then around to the other side, and we were like, what? It took us like an hour literally to get through stage door. Like it was insane. It was so incredible. Um And then I got to, this is part of my combo platter. And then when I got to come home on tour and perform at this theater that I performed in as like an understudy when I, you know, was 19 and then here I am and my family got to come. My mom has a theater company, the entire theater company got to come. My friends who still live in that town got to come. It was just, huge. It was like the Kristen homecoming party. It was just so, 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 so much fun. And then the other thing, so besides all like the fan and all that stuff, I think one of the other most memorable experiences was um, uh, when we were in Florida, one of our first shows, um, we had the drama department of Mallory Stoneman Douglas High School. Um, And if you remember, they, especially at that time, they had just been, it was only one year later since the school shooting that happened there. And um, they got to put on a very special, um, with permission from Rob and all of us, version of Lightning Thief. And so we we're going to do an encore song with them at the end. We were going to do bring on the monsters. And so they got to see the show and they were in the audience and uh, a bunch of us are all on stage for tree on the hill. Um, If you haven't seen the show, Grover is singing about Talia and the Cyclops and kind of what happens to young Annabeth and young Luke. And Percy is hearing all this for the first time. And, Meanwhile, upstage, kind of on this like upper level, um, me, Luke, uh, and Talia are kind of doing this slow, this interact, this um, uh, we're, what's the word? Uh, we're like, I want to say interaction. No, reaction. No, we did a um like a slow motion, like version of what he was singing about. And suddenly we're like in a freeze. And I think it kind of silently hits all of us at the same time that this is a song about young people watching their friend die senselessly and not being able to do anything about it because it's too dangerous to. And we were all on stage, and they were in the audience. And all these kids had been through this experience. And I know, for a fact that the girl who was playing Annabeth, who was out there, she had lost one of her friends. And we were just suddenly like, oh, this is this is real. And this is important. And, and this isn't about, oh, ooh, cyclops and monsters. I'm like, this is real stuff that's happening in the world. And it was, we were just so moved. And I think there was just a wave of searing seriousness that came over us during that song. Um, and then afterwards they all came on stage with us and we just kind of got to celebrate them and we got to sing with them and applaud them. And, you know, they were, they are really heroes and, um It was just a really beautiful, beautiful experience to get to celebrate them and and honor again to be on stage with those kids.
0: Thank you for sharing that experience mm-hmm. it 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 touches a lot of hearts, so thank you so much for that mm-hmm. um, we We have to start like a little bit of wrapping up uh, <laughs> but um I'm enjoying this so much and i have I have a lot of questions but um <laughs>
1: Talk or two.
0: <laughs> No, I love it. I love it. So, what did you take home after closing this show from Annabeth Chase? Because it's an iconic character that is strong, female, and fearless.
1: Yes, I mean all those things. Like you just said it. I mean, besides this choker and <laughs> <laughs> my shoes. Um, gosh, I mean. That's exactly what I took home. I think my journey with Annabeth, you know, something really clicked and it was, it took a while. It took all the years I played her for it to click, but I kept trying to soften her Mm -hmm. when I was first learning how to play her and be in her shoes. I was like, I, I wanted her to be likable. I didn't want her to be judged. I was protective over that. I was like, well, yeah, she's right, but I don't want to make her so sharp and right. And it was messing it up. It was, that is not how Annabeth is. That's how I have been. That's how I have been conditioned to be that. It's not okay um, to, especially as a female, to be outspoken and be sure of yourself and to be confidently smart in, feel like, no, actually, I don't need to like soften myself to make Mm -hmm. myself more palatable for you. And Annabeth was exactly all those things. I mean, she has lived in this world at camp, not going home since she was seven years old. And she has always been treated as an equal. She's never had to be conditioned to soften herself to be anything other than what she is, then a fighter and, um, someone who, you know, um, really upholds wisdom, obviously, and her skills and, and she just has her eye on the prize. And I was like, you know what, I need to do some work and let go of that and just lean in. And, oh my God, it just freed me so much as a person. Like, I think most people who are close to me will tell you after that experience and then golly going into the pandemic, you know, I feel that I am a new person or at least I'm not as inhibited and stifled in the ways that I was putting upon myself. And that is all thanks to Annabeth. I am even more fearless and strong and opinionated. And, you know, I feel okay to take up space. And, you know, something else that I learned is she, she can push boundaries, but that's because she trusts that you can take the weight of who she is because that's a way of, of, of how, like, that's how people share themselves. If you are constantly just trying to, you know, make yourself more palatable or be pleasing to someone else, they're never actually going to know you. So it was a very freeing experience. And, you know, she, she gave me a lot. She gave me a lot of strength. So.
0: And she continues to do and me, because (laughs) my grand plan is, One of those songs that I always play when I'm down. And it's like, I needed this strength.
1: (laughs) Yeah, same
0: (laughs) Second to last question. Okay. What's a risk you've taken in your overall career and journey as an artist that has paid off? Ooh.
1: (laughs) Mm, I mean... Like, I don't want to be redundant, but the biggest payoff has been Lighting Thief, and you know, there were some castmates that let it go, not because they didn't love the piece, but because they were like, I don't know how this is going to further my career, which is a very valid reason to not continue with the piece. You're like, I've done it before, I'm going to do something else. And um, it started off, as I said, not aiming for Broadway, it was aiming for Mm -hmm. free off Broadway one hour version for kids and families. And so very easy to be like, you know, and I also know that for some of these actors, their agents were like, you don't want to be associated with kids or young adult theater you want to be associated with something else you got it's time for you to kind of step into your own you should be saying no to these roles and and for myself I was like listen I know it takes years to make a show and you never really know where it's gonna go and so even shows that you think are gonna be like you do one workshop and it's in Broadway like you you never know And so all you can really do, or all I have really done is just listen to my heart and be like, is this fun? Is this exciting? Do I feel fulfilled? Do I want to dig in deeper? And then the answer is yes. And then I think it will always pay off, regardless of if that is Broadway, or just pay off in, you know, learning more about yourself and getting to connect with other people and connect with a really beautiful story. So kind of lightning thief, to be honest. <laughs>
0: Love it. Love it. So last question.
1: Yes. What are
0: your top five favorite musical theater shows?
1: Ah! Oh. <laughs> oh, Lord. Okay. I mean, Town. Yes. Hadestown is so incredible. Um, Sweeney Todd coming uh-huh. to Broadway soon. Um, I'm so excited for that. I love that show. I mean, I'm just like a Stephen Sondheim person. I love all Stephen Sondheim. So, not to be redundant, but I also love Sending the Parker George. I think that's a great, 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 great show. Um, and, oh my God, there's so many. There's so many um Cabaret Mm -hmm. I love Cabaret um and no uh I don't know I'm gonna say Color Purple because I just like sobbed the entire time it was so beautiful it was so beautiful (laughs)
0: <laughs> I love it. I love it. Kristen, thank you so much for your time, for your thoughts, for your voice. I have absolutely loved this. Thank you for being here in Backstage Talk. Oh my
1: gosh. Thank you so much for having me. It was so wonderful to talk with
0: you. Thanks, everyone, for listening to this new episode of Backstage Talk. Remember to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Backstage Talk Podcast.
1: Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefflin. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Gapone. This is Lynn
0: manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office.